0: When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Each game is different. Again, we didn't go into last week's game saying we're going to throw it 10 times, but maybe we'll throw 48 again. I don't know. We'll see. We're going to do whatever we need to do to win.
0: That's Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer. This is the Wendy's Big Show on the fan, 105.7 FM, 12, a.m. and the radio.com app. Our green and gold reporter Mike Clemens joining us now. Mike, they ran the ball 38 times for over 170 yards last week in a drumming of the Atlanta Falcons, but 415 and four touches from uh, – Kirk Cousins last year in week two. It's going to be difficult to see if the Packers are going to need to stop the run more than the pass to get a win in week two.
1: And Dalvin Cook, I mean, some of those runs early in the game, I said to myself, this guy might be the best running back in the National Football League right now. Um, Packers did a pretty good job against the Bears running game. Mm-hmm. under 50 yards, and they were out there with that 3-3-5. Now this morning, you know, Chuck Freeman said, "How come Tremon was out there so much? I mean, that many snaps." I said, "Well, that's what I said was going on during OTAs, camp and and the uh, summer training camp was they kept on running that three-three-five. Tremont was out there with Jair Alexander, and then Tony Brown, who was filling in for Josh Jackson, and any other guys they were rotating in. You know, who were they? For, who guys were filling in for Kevin King? But they had, you know, they had." three linebackers, three corners, and then the two safeties, and that's kind of the way they played their nickels. So today, very interesting story for Mike Patton because they were shorted inside linebacker a lot last year as well. So how come this year he was able to get away with shutting down a run with just three down linemen, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Montrevious on the front line, and then Blake Martinez – and your two new outside linebackers, and Zadarius and Preston Smith, how come you couldn't do that last year? Here's what Mike Pettin said. That's got to be critical for us, that, that uh, you know the stopping the run part, especially. You know, we had some issues on the edges last year, and that's one of the, the big reasons that we made the moves we made in in the uh, in the off season, was to be able to to have you know kind of that, that bookend look. Uh, it's it's difficult to. To turn the corner, and, and now we have we feel like we have some pretty good guys inside that we could funnel the ball back to.
0: Mike, they appear to to play into that outside zone scheme with the speed that they have to try to extend the play and keep keep Dalvin Cook off balance if he thinks that he's going to be able to get some easy yards.
1: But the man just said we had some issues on the edge last year, mm-hmm. so he's taking a shot at Clay and Nick Perry,
0: which I mean is, is understandable. And then
1: and then. So. And then <laughs> And then he gave Gary. He got into details about this off season under this regime. Brian Gudikins comes down the hallway and hands him a list of outside linebackers. Here, you and your linebackers coach Mike Smith take, over, take a look at these guys. What do you think? And Patton said, yeah, "Zadarius, he's already on our list." Well, geez, you know he didn't do that much when he was with the Ravens. Well, that's because of the death, the death chart that they had. But when he was on the field, the guy was outstanding. And that was no problem, he says. And I couldn't believe we got both those guys that morning, both Preston because we'd been against him, against Washington, and Zedarius. And, you know, you keep your fingers crossed, but he said, these guys bought into everything we were doing in the spring and during training camp, and then you saw the results the other night. Both those guys come up with big plays, and so did Adrian Amos. I mean, you had more production in one game than the previous guys last year did the entire season.
0: Yeah, Steve brought this up too uh, middle of the week, and I think that's what we're seeing. I think what we're seeing with this organization is that the general manager is absolutely talking to the head coach and really to position guys to get a better feel of fit what Mike Pitton wants his defense to look like or players that fit his style of play where it just felt like under Ted that he never talked to Dom Capers or Mike McCarthy. He just says, hey, here's the guys we draft, go make it
1: work. We would ask Ted directly, do you ever talk to your assistant coaches? Oh, you know, I poke my head in there every once in a while. Oh and this is when we actually had more access to the assistants, too. Hey, you remember when uh, Ha-Ha got traded
0: Yes. on a Tuesday
1: mm-hmm. after the Rams game, right? Mm-hmm. I, it was news to McCarthy. They, McCarthy said yes. We were in a meeting and we found out that he'd been traded. So I mean I'm sure that there had to be some kind of discussion, and that was a, that was a good against move. But yep. you know those those there were those kinds of things where where the personnel department was making moves, and the coach was finding out about it after the fact, and then he had to talk about it, you know, at, at the podium and explain for Ted. And I'm just telling you, there's three or four times this year we've heard a lot more communication. The personnel will come down the hallway, and these guys a listen, saying, "Here's the guys we think are the top ten that we should go after in free agency. What do you think? And get their input. Of course, personnel will make the final decision. And there's business thing, there's contracts. You know, you got to lure the guy to Green Bay as opposed to, you know, going to the Chicago Bears and becoming a defensive legend down there. All that other kind of stuff. But I'm just telling you, that's that's a, a major. Page has been turning. How those guys do the operations,
0: mm. Mike? When when you discussed that, and we discussed it with David Bocciari, uh earlier this week ab- about it, and and the communication that you see with Matt Lafleur and Brian Gudikins, we're in the tunnel there uh, after the game on on Thursday night, seeing Brian Gudikins high five and slapping butts after a game, and then all of a sudden giving just an absolute bear hug to his head coach after getting the win like that. Maybe I'm just being sappy and, and a Packer fan at heart, but that was a cool look to me to see the leader of the team, the guy making the decisions at the top, being involved with the team on the level and on ground level. It just felt different to me.
1: You know, and I'll tell you, um, Mike and Ted were standing at the end of the practice field for ten years and talk right out there in front of us, and and talk football, and there seemed to be a close relationship. Then about the last two years. Ted was always at the opposite end of the field, and you know, I don't need to make just judges because of what I see, you know, in public on the field or when the media is allowed to access that kind of stuff. But it's it's just a fact. I mean, it just, you know, it, you know, why aren't these two guys together like they used to be? Then you know, then Ted was moved out, and uh, that first year with Goody and McCarthy, they were standing on the practice field talking and John and pointing, and I mean, and you know especially during camp, you know that the general manager is coming down saying, hey, there's three guys that you know might go on waivers, and we're talking about that. I mean, literally, I think they have to have some of those conversations right there on the field in the middle of a two-and-a-half-hour practice. But, you know, as the season wore on, you know, you saw that. You also know that Gutekinds was reporting to Mark Murphy what was going on with the team. And and you know, we've talked about, the, you know, the celebration that's on the team video where... You know, it's just this lame reaction after they hung on to beat the the ers a team that they should have just mopped up on the field. And Gutekins to stand there, straight face, like this is not happening. You know, this was allegedly a win, but this this locker room is not happening. It, this is not where it needs to be. And then, you know, last week in Chicago, like night and day. I mean, you know, whole new page. So, uh, those are things that I think just just are make, are going to make the team more functional. Now, David Bakhtiari did not practice today. He was there. He was standing on the sidelines. Did not dress. They put him up last night on the injury report with this back injury. And Matt Lafleur said, "I don't talk about injuries today." That was just it, straightforward. You've got the injury report. I'm not going to talk about it. So there's no spec. Alex Light is the, the the guy that you know beat out Jason Spriggs. They kept on the roster. Uh, as a possible backup. I don't think they throw him in a left tackle. I don't, I don't know what they do left tackle. I think they kick out Lane Taylor uh, and, and, mm-hmm. and move in uh, Elton Jenkins, that they're so high on, mm-hmm. if they're they, if they were in, a, in a jam. Or could uh, it be Billy Turner? Uh, mm. See, and the, the thing is, Bill, I tried to watch some of that stuff uh, during camp, and they didn't show you much. And, and the way um, the preseason games went, usually you could have a better fix on that. But the guys that they would have out there... You knew they were just battling to hang onto a roster spot, Sure, not necessarily who's going to back up David Bakhtiari. So, and, and between that and just trying to keep an eye on the battle of wide receiver, uh, the quarterback battle, uh, how these guys were doing in the double fakes, you know, the fake the jet sweep and fake the toss and throw the ball in the flats, it was hard to really figure out who really is David Bakhtiari's backup tackle, so that's something that you know only these guys know right now.
0: What feel you get about uh, this Packer team going into this game on Sunday, Mike?
1: Well, I think they can solve problems. I think there's pretty good communication. I think that, that was a great confidence builder last week. I, yeah, think it was. They're, I think they're working really hard at it. To me, for some reason, after watching the, the Vikings just have fun at the Falcons' expense, and you know, that Falcons' loss you know, I I kind of like that organization, Thomas Dimitri and yeah, Arthur Blank. Yeah, it is a does. good organization, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, and Dan Quinn's a great coach, but, man, that was so bad. You know, it's like how much more time has Arthur Blank got for this guy, for this group? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I think that Dan Quinn and Mike Zimmer, you know, right about the same point in terms of what the organization has done to give them facilities, to give them new stadiums and all that. It's like that now, the time is now. we got Matt Ryan now. We got to get back to the Super Bowl. That's where that, that's at. But I, so my point is, I think the Falcons probably were just in. a, They couldn't believe the atmosphere, and they certainly didn't look ready. And I think they got some serious problems on their defense. Having said that, to me, I think that I thought that Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes are better corners than than Kyle Fuller and Prince out there for the Bears. And I, I thought that Rodgers could have exploited that more, but he didn't have any time to throw. You know, there's two plays where Rodgers kept from getting sacked when he. Dumped off that little pass to Aaron Jones when he was just, the pocket was completely closing, or the shovel pass out to Jamal Williams. I mean, he was doing amazing things to keep from getting sacked another place because that Bears front is so physical. I don't think the Vikings front is that physical. To me, I think that, you know, with Smith back there, that that's a better secondary than the Bears, really. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you talk to the Vikings people and they say, nah, these corners, you know, they've probably seen better days. Maybe this was a better defense. Overall, I do know this. This is what they say about the Vikings' defense, and they say it again. These guys now, they've been together five years under Mike Zimmer. I mean, they've mm-hmm. got the system down. So they've got that kind of experience, and that's what they think they're calling card is, is how they can figure out how to shut down Aaron Rodgers and whatever new offensive scheme LaFleur throws at him.
0: Mike it should be fun man Can't wait for it Sunday at noon Appreciate you hanging out With us here on the big show You bet guys Thank you Mike Clemens joins us On the Great Midwest Bank Hotline Brought to you by Chili's For their 3 for 10 meal starter, entree, and a drink For just 10 bucks Together we Chili's And on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline If you're looking to buy Build, renovate, or refinance In 2019 Look no further Call Great Midwest Bank Today Great Midwest Bank Providing simply local Common sense lending To your community Since 1935
1: Celebrate and save At
0: Ashley's anniversary sale